0: listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast UK, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the UK. I'm Rob Wall, I help connect businesses with technical talent, and today I'm your host. Hello and welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange Podcast. Today I'm joined by Jennifer McGee, Broman Boyle, and Sonia Kumar to discuss women in cyber. Before we delve into the topic in more detail, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Uh, Jennifer, do you want to kick us
1: off? Yeah, hi Rob. Uh, I'm Jennifer McGee and I'm the Director of Cyber and Security uh, Operations for the WEIR Group um, in the Manufacturing and Mining Technology sector. Thank
0: you, Jennifer. And Roman.
1: Hi,
2: Rob. Great to be back. Um, I'm Branwyn Boyle. I'm CISO at Mambu. We are a Banking as a Service SaaS provider.
0: Roman And finally, Sonia.
2: Hi, Rob. Um,
3: yeah, my name is Sonia Kumar. I lead Vodafone's global Cyber Defence incident management team um, and that's
0: in Vodafone's global response to cyber attacks. Fantastic, thank you very much. Okay, so now we're all introduced, um, let's we'll move on to the topic. I see all have some questions or statements on women in cyber and as usual, I'll work way around the room to pose the question uh, and uh, you can uh, give your reasons behind it. Uh, each of you have an opportunity to give your take on the situation. So Bronwyn, we'll, we'll start with yours. Would you like to pose your question?
2: I would thank you very much. Um, so we've been having lots of different conversations at industry level and kind of also more locally around how we can kind of support better better gender diversity in in the cyber profession. And one topic that's come up quite a bit is how to help support uh, women who may have been working in the field but have taken time out for various reasons. We got to have a family or because of caring responsibilities or you know whatever other reasons that they had to take a break. Um, you know we've lots of stakeholders I've spoken to have kind of all acknowledged that, you know, security evolves at a, a very, very quick pace and that it can be kind of intimidating, maybe for folks who've been out of the discipline uh, to, to kind of maybe really get back up to speed and upskill. So my question really is, what could we do at an industry level or or even at an individual company level to, to really make it more welcoming for women who are looking to rejoin the
0: workforce? Thank you, Roman. And Sonia, do you want to answer that first?
2: Yeah. Um... Thanks, Roman, for
3: that question. I think uh, I was doing a little bit of prep for the session today, um, and I think I defaulted to um, parental leave being the primary reason for people taking or women taking a career break. But actually, that's not the case. So I think it was good just to remind ourselves that there are many reasons uh, for people taking career break. Could be mental health reasons, education, pursuing personal development opportunities, all those things, and obviously parental leave. Um, I think I'm going to use the example and the programme that we have in Vodafone. It's called the ReConnect programme. I think we recognise there are over 96 million qualified women who are economically inactive because of an interruption to their uh, careers. So um, we developed and launched in 2017 the ReConnect programme. What it does basically supports anyone and actively encourages um, anybody. It's gender neutral to... uh, people can't see the cat has just jumped on my lap and distracted me um, but basically encourages anyone who's currently on a career break from uh, one up to 10 years plus to apply for any position within Vodafone um, it's a very bespoke program um, every candidate and every successful candidate will have um, access to coaching and mentoring which is tailored access to tools and technology within Vodafone learning learning tools um, we have something called the Vodafone University. We also are provisioned with free LinkedIn learning. Um, what else should I say? There's the opportunity to work reduced hours, up to 20% reduced hours as well. Um, so there's a, there can be a slow transition back to full-time hours. Um, so I would suggest, from an organisational level, I think that's quite a good model. And I would say that, being in Vodafone, um, I probably go over to Jen for, for what she thinks about more sort of industry-wide
1: being being a mum herself. Yeah, yeah so I think ReConnect is an awesome example and there's similar examples. So across the engineering sector, you know, firms have piloted re-entry internship programmes for people returning to work um, and I think that's it's a great model that can work and encourage people um, to reconnect with themselves reconnect with the business so it's very aptly named um, and I think it's a great model and, and when you think about when you attract an intern you try and pack as much experience and give everyone a little bit of a taster to go up to speed um, and I think it's such a good model for people reconnecting um, so yeah I would say absolutely the internship model.
2: Excellent yeah, it's really great to hear those those examples. and I love the, uh, the 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 description of the reconnect program in Vodafone. I mean it's a great example where you have an organization that's really thinking about kind of that untapped potential for for folks who are out of out out of uh, out, out of the workforce at a particular point in time. i'm I'm really interested to see if there's more we can do as a cyber industry to kind of take the lessons from that model and kind of really tailor. Uh, you know, some sort of support framework, particularly around that cyber discipline, because I think again, you know, folks' um, skill sets can get stale, you know, that's where maybe things with the internship piece, you know, this is a slightly different model in in the need to get into a deeper, deeper kind of maybe discipline refresh, um, particularly for specialists. But what is really reassuring is, you know, it's great to see those successful initiatives that that we can model on and that we can actually leverage and utilize so um sounds like there might be a little opportunity there for some network collaboration
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's it Cheers, roman okay great stuff for um yeah for you, uh, sonia we'll move on to you to your question um uh, you've you got me already
3: okay look. um so i'll explain why i asked this question um but essentially we'll it sort of starts with a statement really but gender stereotypes hold women back in the workplace as we all know um, so my question is do women in cyber gender stereotype um, I, I'll ask you first and then uh, maybe I'll explain Robert at the end why I yeah. ask that question no problem
0: Jennifer we'll come to you first
1: yes and I'm guilty of it myself um uh so if i meet a fellow female in cyber i expect her to bring her a game you know i expect a fueled passionate assertive ambitious woman take no prisoners and i'm really guilty of if i meet someone and they're not like that i feel like you're letting the side down um and then if if you know they do embody all those behaviors i'm like yeah way to represent you know and i I think that um we as women are guilty of holding each other to such a high standard because there is a scarcity. There are so few of us and we you know, we project that onto others. You know, we must represent. Uh, so yes, I would say. Eva, and Um. Yes, I would have to agree. And I will
2: also put my hand up and say, you know, I'm as guilty of it as the next person. And I think, you know, that's that's kind of common. I mean, we've grown up in, in an environment where those biases maybe have been ingrained. And I think there's so much more now that's been done around unconscious bias and how we check that. But we're, we're still on a learning journey, right? And I think it's, it's great that we're now a bit more aware where we have those cognitive biases. I don't know if you saw that um, Imagine campaign that was run for International Women's Day. Uh, it was a really, really powerful billboard campaign. Uh, just kind of black and white text and it would say, imagine a CEO and at the bottom it said, did you think of a man? You know, imagine someone crying in the office. Did you think of a woman? And it is really shocking to kind of go, mm, I did in some of those <laughs> instances, you know, and I think that 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 applies, you know, to to, to many of us, but it, it was a really potent Um, you know, just holding a mirror up to kind of see where those maybe ingrained perceptions have, you know, still take root. Um, And I think what is fantastic, I mean, I think that the generation to come, our future talent pipeline, I think they have a very different view on gender and I think they have, they will, they will kind of bring their own, Groundswell of change, but I, I think there is a little bit more to do. I think around avoiding ger- gender stereotyping. Um, I think to your point again, Jennifer, I and mean, I've I've seen a lot of, um, and I've been guilty of this also. <laughs> um, but women maybe self-select out of leadership roles or kind of stretch roles because again, you know, and we've talked about this before. It's that that old trope where they feel they can't meet every every ask on the jo- on the job spec, therefore they they they, they don't put themselves forward. And again, I I, I mentioned this a lot when I'm talking, because I think it is something that a lot of us, I mean, I know I do that and I still do it. <laughs> uh, and until we actually talk about it and we recognise that it is likely to be inhibiting women from from kind of putting themselves forward, then it is it is something that we should we should we should share and we should try and debunk.
0: Mm-hmm. Sonia, you want to give some uh, further context? Yeah,
3: the, the reason the reason I asked is is because um, so just to set a bit of background, I, I'm I'm single, I'm not married, I, I don't have children, um, and I often find that I, when I'm networking with women in cyber, and, and I hope those who if they might be listening and they've done this, you know, it's nothing. Take <laughs> no offense, but the, the default sort of conversation quite often is. I had it very recently the first question that somebody asked me was oh do you have children and, and I said no and it was kind of a right bit awkward it was it was awkward actually so I could I could feel them trying to think of another conversation starter I was at a table with other women and then the next question was oh you know where, where, where did you meet your partner because that's what the conversation was around I said well I haven't got one it's even more awkward and I and I thought these are women in cyber, um, you know, at quite senior levels. And actually what well, it, it resulted in sort of me distancing myself from the conversation and feeling a little bit awkward, but bad for the others who also recognize that. Um, and, and that's just a personal sort of example, in, really. And I just think we need to be really conscious of of gender stereotyping for, for whatever reasons it might be and not um, ensuring we don't distance other women from conversations or networking events or wh- whatever we might be doing so I, I wasn't sure whether to ask the question because it's a bit sort of elephant in the room but i did uh, chat to someone um another woman and, and they supported me asking the question
2: I think it's so important that you did ask the questions and I think it's totally valid and again it's interesting I mean again I'm I don't have kids I, I mean I do have a partner but I have had that kind of you know kind of reaction and you know we've talked as well about kind of the diversity element but there's also the inclusion element and you know the inclusive discussions are you know don't automatically make assumptions around people make sure that you're having open conversations and people with different ways of life that don't conform to kind of stereotypes you know don't feel don't feel alienated.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just just to add, though, we eventually found a connection that I had a dog and she had a dog. So we got there in the end. <laughs>
1: so it, it, was, it, was, it was all good.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Good stuff. OK, Jennifer, we'll come to you next. You want to pose your question?
1: Yes. So my question was, um, and I love asking this question because you always get so many different answers. Um, what's the best piece of career advice that you have been given? Thank you. No I'll come to you. Um,
2: so I would say probably uh, I've, I've been given a few pieces of great advice but you know when I was reflecting on this um, particularly for this topic uh, one one great piece of advice that I was given was you know hire yourself out of a job, hire talented people you know that you can empower to really get on with it, stretch themselves and, and, and take over your role um, and it's interesting because I've you know reflected on that various different times over the years and you know I I think we've all seen models where you know there's been leadership who kind of hire beneath them who kind of want to hire people that they can kind of keep a head of or keep control over kind of you know they, they, they want to kind of maintain that top dog position. Um, And, you know, the the, the most successful and and thriving teams I've been on have been ones that followed that hire yourself out of a job model where, you know, you really are giving the space and headroom for people to follow their own path. And you've also got the backup and air cover to encourage them and and kind of be there if they need any support. Um, I think it's something that's really important as well when we are considering kind of the gender diversity pieces, you know, really empowering women to feel like that when they get into a role and to see that they're valid, you know, succession plan, Uh, candidates and 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 and, uh, you know pipeline pipeline uh, development options so yeah that was
1: something that really resonated yeah i love that and i think it's so important as well you know lift as you climb um absolutely yes Yes.
0: thank you roman and sonia
3: yeah Uh, jen that was a a really tricky question because you get so much great advice and and in fact you've given me so much great advice so it's very difficult um But I guess, and again, just to set a bit of context, um, probably like everybody here, uh, I suffer uh, quite regularly from imposter syndrome um, and people can't seem to believe it. My personality is introverted. Again, people are like, no way, but actually it is. I had to work incredibly hard over the years to become confident and not to suffer that sort of imposter syndrome all the time. It still happens. Um, And actually the best bit of career advice that I've had in relation to that is is advice that I've been able to impart on others so Bronwyn as you've described right the females in my team who are suffering from the same issues the advice that one piece of advice I've been able to give them and really help them and basically it was seems quite simple but the person said to me remember why we hired you remember why I hired you always think back to that because Quite often I'm like, oh, well, this person can do that. I can't do, that, do do that, blah, blah, blah. But they've said, just remember why you're here and why we hired you. And, and that really does every now and again boost my confidence. And when I when I say the same thing to um, particularly the females in my team, um, it has that same positive impact. So that's the best piece of
1: advice, that I think. Great.
0: Sonia and Jennifer, yours?
1: Yeah, so mine, um, it made me think a bit differently. And it was quite early on in my career. And um, one of the senior leaders, the female, had said, You don't need to be an alpha zilla to succeed. So she was addressing a town hall, and someone had asked her, How did she feel about being a woman in, in cybersecurity? And it really got me thinking because I didn't think I was trying to be an Alphazilla, but certainly up until that point, I'd felt that being a woman in security was all almost something that you had to overcome. Um, and I think certainly, I mean, for us our, in our first career opportunities, the standard of what good looks like was probably a male one. You know, when you look at what were the what were the leaders, what were the behaviours, what were the norms and the standards that um you know you you feel expected to mirror uh, because that's that's what good looks like that's what success looks like um it was likely you know a, a male perspective it was it was a man in role um so i thought that was fantastic advice and um yeah it it just got me thinking about the strengths of being a woman in role
2: mm, i love that i think that's i'm i'm going to keep that one and reuse it if you don't mind me sharing <laughs> it it really resonated with me and it's funny i started my career in consultancy and you know they would always pivot to this concept of gravitas and when you kind of probe them on what gravitas meant (laughs) it's exactly that kind of senior male you know demeanor quite kind of aloof and kind of confident and there seemed to be no space for me to kind of either be yourself like your, your true self or for things like empathetic leadership or you know kind of you know even more fun approach and 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 it it's it's only over the years where i've kind of really gone actually that's you know you're going back to kind of roman senators when you use that term right it's it's quite an old trope so i love that idea of 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 kind of you know not being an Alphazilla and just you know really really embracing a, a broader panoply of of you know inclusive leadership traits
1: Absolutely. And I think when you start to hide your womanhood um, to live up to this masculine ideal, that's the point where you start losing yourself, you know, and and you can't show up as your authentic self. And we've heard so much about the importance of being able to show up as your authentic self at work. Um, So, yeah,
0: thank you very much. Um, we did have Nicola Jakeman books on this podcast, but unfortunately she had to uh, pull out due to losing her voice. Um, but I'd still like to uh, read her question out. Um, she's given us permission to do this. Um, so she she said, um, when we say we need more women in cyber, what do we mean by that? Um, and What are we looking to bring to the industry that's missing right now? Come to you, Sonia.
3: Yeah, I think this was my favorite question uh, from the group because it made me really think long and hard. Um and the conclusion I came to, it's, it's yes, we need to bring women into cyber and technology, but actually it's something bigger than that for me. And I had to make a few notes to remind myself what I wanted to say. Um, but, yeah, so it's, it starts with cyber, it starts with technology, it starts with the industry, etc and our various different sectors, but then getting women into senior uh, senior roles um, and then into board-level positions. Um And a great example, again, I'm going to use Vodafone because that's that's where I am. Um, But people in senior levels at senior levels and board level positions, they not only work inside Vodafone, but there's a lot of great work that goes on with governments around the world. Um, massive organizations that have huge influences across the globe so so for me if you can get women into cyber get them into technology get them into industry get them up through through um, those senior positions up to board level and into those influential positions I think what happened and could happen is that we could do or those women could do a lot of good for Women around the world and the rest of society as a whole. That's how I see it. Now, maybe that's a bit, bit too aspirational,
1: but um, that, that's what I truly believe. Yeah. Thanks, Sonia. Jennifer, to you. Yeah. So for me, it's the right thing to do. But moreover, it's it's part of the diversity picture. You know. So if you can have a more diverse team, of which gender diversity is part of that, you've got better team dynamics. You have more so you've got better collaboration so if you have a room full of people that have the same perspective and the same and the same thinking you can probably work well together and there's going to be not a lot of friction but that's not where the best ideas come from so you want collaboration you want a little bit of friction and at the end of it you're going to get a better product whatever you're working on um the organization will have better reputation and you just benefit from new perspectives um you know Greater innovation, greater creativity. Um, it's a win-win.
0: Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah, finally, um,
1: Yeah, I mean, I would
2: heartily agree with both Sonia and Jennifer's points. And I think, you know, to, to that point about better outcomes, if we look at the impacts of technology on society, you know, we're ceding ever more uh power and control rightly in operational um operationalization of of kind of previously manual processes, now to, you know, AI to algorithmic. Um, Algorithmic software or to kind of more automated processes and again if they are only developed by a kind of homogenous kind of population of, of developers they won't represent the needs and the requirements of the population that they're there to service and we've seen lots of examples of you know that bias that unintentional bias hurting us socially, be it, you know, in terms of healthcare, or in terms of kind of negative, negative um, stereotyping or racial bias in police services. There's a plan- panoply of areas where, you know, we can, we can see the, the the chickens coming home to roost, so to speak, where we've had lack of diversity in, in technology and software development. Likewise, there were some really interesting conversations about some of our kind of and um, big crisis moments in the last kind of 20 or so years, you know, uh, the financial crisis was positioned as something that, you know, may have had a different outcome, had there been better better diversity on some of the boards that were making risk-based decisions, for instance. And I think, you know, again, there's very powerful indicators to demonstrate why individual companies are more successful and profitable, but also socially we're we're, we're all better off when you provide that 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 broader representation. So yeah, I think I think that's hugely important. And to Sonia's point about you know the leadership side of things, I think you know um, having very visible female role models that clearly demonstrate you know that there is a path for women, that there is a space for women, and indeed for other underrepresented groups, it's just so important just to really open up the the profession to the to the to the best set of possible diverse candidates.
0: Thank you, Roman. And uh, that's that's uh, all the questions that we had. Has anyone got any further points they would like to raise? Not
1: for Nothing me, from me. Yeah, I've made Stop. a few scribbly notes, so I've come away with some
2: great quotes from today, so thank you. Fantastic. Absolutely. And just sending good
0: get well missions to Nicola. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll leave it there. I mean, this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. Uh, I'll take this opportunity to thank Bronwyn, Jennifer, and Sonia for providing their insights in the topic, and thank you for listening. Uh, if you would like to get involved in any upcoming podcasts, please reach out to me on LinkedIn or uh, me email me on robert.wall, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.